Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 42. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you for tuning in today. Hope you guys had a great long weekend. If That is if you live in Canada or the United States. President's Day down in the States and, of course, Family Day here in Canada. I, unfortunately, pretty much lost my long weekend because I've got this never-ending cold. Uh, if you turned in, tuned in last week, you heard the laryngitis part of it, and now it's turned into this, this cold that is just not going away, which is just frustrating, because not even because I feel sick, but because I can't do all the things I'm used to doing, like exercising and stuff, so I'm, like, I'm super bored. But I think I'm on the tail end of it anyways, so I'll keep this intro short and sweet so you don't have to listen to my stuffed-up face too much. This week on the Adamantium Podcast, we've got indie, alternative R&B, I'm not actually quite sure what genre you'd place them under, but this week's guest is Nash. Of course, that's Nash spelled with a silent G at the front. Really young, hip dude, way too cool to be hanging out with me, but thank you, Nash, for joining the podcast crew. Nash just released his first full studio album. It's called We, which is a follow-up to his three EPs, You, Me, and Us. I met up with Nash before his show at the Mod Club right here in Toronto. Uh, This kid, he's like 25. He's been pumping out number one hits from his garage for like four years already. But like I said, just super nice guy, very level-headed. He's all about pushing positive vibes out there to uh, his listeners, to his concert goers, which I really, really dig. I'm, I'm a very optimistic person myself. So uh, we got along very well from the beginning. And by the end, he was uh, Nash was giving me hugs and he wanted me to stick around for his, uh, his Broken Hearts Club, which is, he'll explain in the interview, something he does after his show. So very much appreciate that. Thanks again to Nash for spending some time with us. As we always do here on the Adamantium Podcast, If you're new to an artist, we like to give out some song recommendations. So here's five songs by Nash, recommended by the Adamantium Podcast. So the first song I'll recommend is that Billboard chart-topping hit. It's called I Hate You, I Love You. It's done with Olivia O'Brien. And uh, it's actually offered as kind of like a bonus track on on Wii. And then three other songs I'm going to recommend from Wii are Imagine If t-shirt and pajamas and then the last song i'm going to recommend is a single he did with max it's a song called lights down low so give those a listen before or after the podcast if you are listening to this podcast on itunes or apple Podcasts, please do hit that subscribe button and i would love for you to leave us a rating and a review uh, if you have a moment also if you are a spotify subscriber then you can now listen to the adamantium podcast on spotify Uh, You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching The Adamantium. So without further delay, or before my face fills up with any more phlegm, let's get into the podcast episode number 42 featuring Nash right here on The Adamantium. Have a great week, everyone. Be lucky you weren't here Monday. Yeah, Monday, it was it was cold. Minus thirty three. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So when that was the day we were in New York, I think, and it was freezing. Oh, it's probably yeah. the same there. Oh same man. There. Yeah, like anyone who works outdoors was off, and yeah, yeah you can't. Yeah, and then they had the heat turned off in the venue we played on Tuesday, and all the kids were cold, so we had to really. Yeah, I got everybody dancing, and it warmed yeah, that, up. But that's, once you get a group of bodies together, yeah, and you're all yeah. Good. Uh, cool, man. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get started. Sounds that's great. Cool yeah, with you. Yeah. Cool, man. So we're sitting here with Nash. 
thank you again. No for, problem. For uh, doing our show. Yeah. Our podcast. And uh, first of all, congratulations on We. Thank you so much. It must be, uh, f- feel nice. It feels nice to yeah. be out. Yeah. yeah. First first full album. Yep. Uh, but man, three EPs and one full album mm-hmm. in four years. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we're going to dig into We in a little bit. But cool. I want to warm up by uh, asking you kind of about your music history, starting mm-hmm. from the beginning, because you've been making music for a long time already. Yeah. Um, so I think I read somewhere your parents, or at least your dad, had was a musician as well. Yeah, my mom and my dad both play cool. casually, but but uh, but nothing professional. Okay, so what was what was on in the household when you were growing up? Uh, the Beatles always. Okay. Um, yeah, and then a lot of country music from my dad. Um, okay. And uh, and and just kind of classics, a lot of classics. Okay. And then my mom loves some '80s stuff too. But for the most part, what they raised me on was was classic. Rock. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, how did that? kind of effect how did you come into producing the type of music that you make um i think so basically as i grew up i adapted uh learning guitar by myself i wanted to learn acoustic guitar songs uh to play for people so i started learning you know little covers here and there and then i got really into jack johnson's music and learned all those songs um and then at the same time my dad got me a turntable and i started djing when i was 13-ish. Um, yeah. And so I think like having the knowledge of the hip-hop stuff plus like casually listening to Bright Eyes to Death Cab for Cutie and then like Beatles stuff from growing up and all that stuff it all just mm-hmm. kind of merged into one. You can one. hear that for sure. Thank you. In your music. Yeah. Sure. So it all just kind of merged into one and then um, yeah. So while most kids were at 13 I think I was collecting Pokemon cards. Yeah. And you're spinning on. <laughs> I was too. I was yeah, too. Okay. Okay. So how did, how did you how did you learn to produce music? Um, on YouTube. Really? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So like, so the my dad got me a mic, a really cheap mic that I still use today. It's just an Audio Technica, mm-hmm. uh, forty forty. Is that this? Oh, there we well, go. That's the same deal. Forty forty, but we're using. Yeah, that. it's uh, it's close. It's similar. Yeah. So yeah, so mine has an XLR in the bottom. He got me for a school project. I had to do okay. like a NPR style. Yeah. Um, this American Life, and so I had a mic and I had a little recording box for that. And then basically, uh, one time my buddies came over to do, they were like, oh man, we want to be like rappers. You have recording gear? And I was like, yeah. So they were like, all right, get this beat off of YouTube, like this Lil Wayne beat. And then we want to like record these verses we wrote over it. So like sitting there, I'm like going back and forth between YouTube and Logic trying to figure out how to look yeah. pro without like sweating in my bedroom like right. getting this first vocal cut and uh, And I got it done and it came out cool and and they were all hyped about it because it's obviously exciting that you that's know how it started, And that's right? how I started doing stuff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. When was that? How, how I was probably 15 15. Incredible, yeah man. 16. Incredible. Yeah, cuz I got the stuff for a 10th grade project. Yeah, so. I mean I find it's incredible that you know we, we live in a day now that you can do it yourself. Absolutely. You know I mean? And like, uh, I mean, 10 years ago, I couldn't even have this podcast on crazy. without getting sponsored yeah. by someone or something. Yeah. You know? And now you can, you know, if you don't find the right people, then just get up and do it yourself. Right? Yeah. Did yeah. you see that tweet that was like, uh, like, uh, thank God for GarageBand for yeah. allowing me and my friends That's to it. say, let's make a podcast, do the first three episodes, and then forget about it for the next yeah. four years. <laughs> that was yeah. so funny. That's it. Well, they, from the beginning, it's always the hardest part. I know, so, man. Once you get those four episodes out, then it's... it's... My, my partner, Rosabelle, uh, she started a podcast. She okay. did a three, and then she called it. It was called really? I Have a Question. It was really good. And really? She, she gets her quest at least once a month to bring it back. We'll bring it back really? eventually. Yeah, you but should. it was cool. You it was should, just tough because I was editing it, so it was like yeah, me yeah. trying to figure out the flow for her yeah 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 well uh you'll be happy you're it it won't be a three and done you're you're cool you're around episode 42 yeah cool sick man we got a little bit of legs keep it going thanks man i appreciate it
Uh, okay, so let's talk about we then. Yeah. So how? Tell me how we uh, kind of furthers the story that you've been telling on you, me, and us. Right. Yeah. So um, the album opens up with the am I the hero or maybe the villain? Am okay. I the sidekick or even the villain? I'll keep going out for every role in a story that'll never be told. So it kind of sets up this idea that we is going to be a hero's journey. It's going to be a journey of uh, of growth and um, figuring out who the person is that's writing the songs um, internally and externally for the listener. And the idea of the album is that from, from song one, Happy Never After, to, to B, which to me is the 11th song, and then you get two bonus tracks, Hate You, Love You, and P.S., you go through this journey of somebody who's just trying to figure out where they fit in and how that fits in with somebody else. Okay. Um, and to me, the biggest difference is... Uh, uh, Sonically aside, just message-wise, is that I think that the place I'm at in life right now and when I was creating the album was in a place of a lot of growth and a lot of development as a person myself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that everything from the cover being a garden to the songs having a feeling of just kind of coming into the light and being brighter and brighter as they go on, I think that uh, the whole thing is just a documentation of my growth as a person. Okay. Um, And I'm really proud of it. It took me two years to make. And uh, it's the longest it's ever taken me to make a to project make before. Yeah, because you, me, and us were all six months, and right. then I'd put them out. And then me was just putting out singles, and then us was anything that was duets from, from the process. Right. So um, so we, I really, like, made it an album. I made transitions. I made everything. Everything makes sense. And there's, there's little numerology things, too, like... P.S. is 143, which is I love you in Mr. Rogers' language. There's six seconds of silence at the beginning of Happy Never After and 16 at the at the beginning of P.S. for my birthday, June 16th. So I took okay. a lot of time on things like yeah, that. Yeah. Pajamas is 333 because that's the universal number, and Pajamas to me is the song that most, I think, brings everybody together on the album. Um, just little stuff like that. Okay. I really, really went in on every single detail. Every detail. Um, and there's a bunch of little Easter eggs for people to find like that, little Excellent. lyrical Easter eggs and things that, yeah. Okay. And yeah. what are, uh, explain to me the, the garden imagery so, so the garden so every single flower um, every single song has a flower okay and so um, so for example if you go look at the singles like imagine if is a dandelion because okay. the song is effectively making a wish and that's why they're kind of blown away gotcha. uh, deer insecurity is a dog rose because it's a beautiful flower but it's a difficult subject to approach mm-hmm. so little things like that many um, layers yeah. yeah yeah and so then when you put them all together PS says I planted you a garden for your flowers to grow because what I like to think is that all the songs are just seeds for people to grow their own gardens from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the point of the album to me. If we feel together, then we'll feel better, was kind of the mission step, statement cool. while I was creating it. Yeah, That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, and I saw on, on, on Twitter, you had said recently you were really feeling uh, pajamas. Um, yeah. Insane and imaginative. Yeah, from the new record, those are some of my faves. And then I love B also just as a writing, as a songwriting thing. But I think okay. that song is a little bit more mature of a subject for some people. So I think that it's a little bit harder to grasp on the first gotcha. listen. Okay. Um, but I think that over time, B will be one of the. It is one, one of those the, albums because you know when you listen to an album the first time, you kind of get the high level of it, and it's not until I say at least the fourth listen. Yeah. Will you kind of start to pick up on those intricacies? I'm grateful for those four listen people, those yeah, ten man, listen I, people. I think I got like, to number four last that's night. Sick. I was doing it last, going through last night, and I started to pick up a few. Thanks, man. Well, and the way I really look cool. at it is like, look, like the Postal Service is probably one of my favorite yeah, yeah. albums and projects of all time, and it took them ten years almost to the day to become a platinum record mm-hmm. on that album. Yeah. So, you know what, like I. People have heard it. People love it. More people are finding it. I mean, the dude that styled me for a couple photo shoots texted me first thing this morning and was like, yo, like, this album's incredible. It's been on all day. And it's like, yeah, yeah it took him two weeks to jump on board. Right. So, you know, who knows, like, when the album... But I believe that it'll find 
every person who hears it when it's meant to find them. Right. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm happy that it's out because now it has the opportunity to do that as opposed yeah. to being in my hard drive. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's always, it's always unfinished projects. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's like the bane of every creative person's Yeah, and the tough part for me is knowing when it's done, done. And, and yeah. I, I really, really, I knew the songs were done when I finished the bridge on Dear Insecurity. Yeah. And then I knew the production was done when we got T-Shirt finally finished. Yeah. And then I knew that the album was done when I wrote P.S. and finished that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the feeling? Because I always find it curious when, you know, you hear artists record like... 40 tracks and then they pick 10. Mm -hmm. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote probably easily 60 ideas because I was in like, Oh my babies, you know, like, Mm -hmm. no, I (laughs) know. I know from the first chord, if I'm going to use a song or not, I just continue through with the demo because maybe that song idea is not for me to release, but maybe it's for someone else to release. So I have a bunch of ideas that, you know, that like I've already started giving away to my friends and things because I think the messages are super important, but they're just not necessarily Nash Mm. songs, but I still think they deserve to see the light of day. And I don't even start, I don't even hit record unless I feel like it's something that is a message that that everyone or at least a lot of people could connect with or okay. it would help a lot of people. You never know. It could be something you could come back to, too. Yeah. Right? Or something you're feeling. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's a couple that'll just stick with me, man. And like, yeah. like from, even from the album process, things that I'm like, I got to find a way to get that mm-hmm. song out. It'll drive me crazy if I don't. So okay. either it's a friend takes it or I do it or whatever. But yeah, I probably did 60 ideas. I did probably... Mm, man, probably about that many sessions, co-writes and things like that. Yeah. And then I uh, and and then I kind of picked my favorite eleven as acoustic songs. And then anything I thought needed production, I brought to my friend Ahmad Royal. And and anything I needed help finishing the writing on, I brought to my friend Jimmy Robbins. So we're all three the executive producers of the album, and that's kind of how we wrapped everything up. Cool. But we wrote everything as acoustic demos. Right. So nobody's. I have a version of the album that's just acoustic, acoustic. songs. And then we went back through and we're like, this one could use a little Rhodes. This one could use a little kick drum this you know what I mean whatever was required and then that's kind of how we constructed the album which is why almost half of it just stayed acoustic songs Mm -hmm. um and I think it's beautiful like I said I grew up on a lot of that so I think a lot of that came through you know yeah and uh you look at how many artists go back and just release their stuff as acoustic well I'm gonna do that too we'll do it we'll do we acoustic for sure yeah Yeah, yeah. because dude t-shirt acoustic the demo of it is so sick like that's the version I fell in love with I just knew it deserved to be produced out to be able to do it like on a stage you know so but even even when I play it loud tonight if you're hanging for the show you'll see I started acoustic just to have everybody teach it and the energy behind the acoustic version feels so good there's a chance that might be the hit version right. I don't know you know yeah. <laughs> it's weird what comes out of an acoustic version too cause yeah I always think back to like uh, Chris Cornell mm-hmm. you know Soundgarden who was like so raw and his music's so grungy that you think you know acoustic version it's not gonna work but yeah his voice is so powerful yeah you never know you never yeah know and there's like these raw little mistakes and voice right. cracks and yeah, things yeah. and most of the album too even if I added production to it I did my best to keep at least 80% of the demo vocal okay so most yeah, yeah. of the record like B is the demo take happy never after is the demo take gotcha PS is the demo take imagine if is the demo take uh, nobody's home is the demo take t-shirt is almost entirely the demo take pretty much every single song I didn't redo okay Um, and then or I would add little things or little harmonies and stuff like that Mm -hmm. later but for the most part I kept everything straight up on my Audio Technica mic from the house yeah (laughs) that's it yeah Yeah, while guys are spending millions of dollars on studios look at and to each their own right it's whatever inspires you so I always say like whatever works best for you man run it but at the end of the day like I did Hate You Love You on a setup that cost me maximum $200 Plus a laptop, right? <laughs> and uh, and and it went real far. Incredible, so man. yeah. So when you were writing "Hate You, I Love You," mm-hmm. 
could you feel it? Like, were you putting this together and you're like, man, I got a banger on my hands? Um, like, so, so when I first heard the demo, when Olivia sent me the demo of the of the chorus, and, and she mm-hmm. had a couple, she had a verse popped into where mine is, and now her original, her version that had her yes, original yeah. verse is out. Um, but when she sent it to me, it was a demo. It was just her on right. a voice note on piano. And I was like, this is fantastic. I, I wanted to be a part of it in some way. Um, but the whole time, I was just making it off a of feeling because it was so magical to me that someone who was almost 10 years younger than me was feeling the exact right. same thing I was feeling about a totally different situation. Okay. And so I think that that's the beauty of music right there. And I think that, that alone shows why that song did what it did because mm-hmm. I think that she... Um, the feeling was all the same, right? It was all one feeling, and I was able to plug in my thoughts on it, and she plugged her thoughts mm-hmm. in on it, and then it became what it became, and I think that's why that song is so universal. So how did you get connected with Olivia? I, I found her on SoundCloud. She covered really? my first original song, and then okay. I believe her sister or her tweeted at me or something like that with okay. the cover. Um, it was Yeah, it was the first magic song I put out. <laughs> it was No, it's, it's meant to be, right? It's yeah, magic course. or universe or however you yeah, want to yeah. call it. Like I think that... Um, Fate, yeah. yeah, like it's 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 how it's it's everything happens how it's supposed to if you're open to it, right? Yes. Because there's a lot of times in the day where I'll get a little ping of like, oh, you should go brush your teeth, but then I'll go grab a coffee instead, and then my whole day will be thrown off. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? So like, as long as you're just following the path that's presented to you the best you can and trying to stay in tune, I meditate every day for a really long yeah. time. I haven't always done that, but. Um, when I do, I, I feel like there's the path is preset for me, and I'm ready to follow it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I love how you connect with your fans on Twitter. Thank you. I mean, I mean, look at like they're like they're they're me, right? So if I was them at 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 their age, at their place in life, and and there was an artist who I looked up to, I would. I think it's awesome that I'm able to do that. So when people are like, "Thanks for liking this picture, liking this tweet, or whatever," I'm like, "Dude, like." My favorite artist did that for me, and that's what inspired me to want to want to make music at all because it, it inspired me. I was like. I know how good that made me feel and how much better that made me feel. So why not do the same thing for for people that love my music? So there's one occasion I have to ask you about Mm because I saw it on your Twitter. And that was that someone had tweeted at you or something saying, I want to come to the show, but I can't find a ride. Mm -hmm. And you had tweeted out, yet you would give backstage or meet and greets to whoever would carpool this person to the show. Did it work out in the end? Oh, you know what? I'm sure it did. Yeah, normally... Normally, once I send a message out like that, if Someone they want to take that or whatever, yeah, like um, either my manager or my tour manager or my assistant will pick it up from there. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I think it did. And what's cool with that is that we're doing the Broken Hearts Club meetings after the show, which yeah, are completely yeah. free if you got the pre-sale ticket or just throughout the night. Um, we kind of send everybody on my camp out with a wristband full of arms underneath their hoodie sweater. and. Okay. Um, and if we see somebody that's got homemade merch or like, for example, the first person that's outside in line today at the Toronto show yeah, has yeah. the sickest, sickest tie-dye pants on. She painted like the, the, the flowers on it and the happy sign and everything. So first thing I asked her was, do you have Broken Hearts Club passes? She said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm covered. I was like, great. Because like that's the type of person I would you love want, to yeah. give a hug to and say thank you to, be grateful for, let them know I love them. We do you know, a little meditation at the end. We kind of bring everybody into the light a little bit more and have everybody's heart rates calm down together. Yeah. And it's been awesome, man. So, so that was that is I was like you know what why not like if if somebody's down to give in a way of giving this person a ride to the show then why would we not give to them and say hey come out come out and hang out after and and hang out with us and say hello you know I want to meet good people because we're just good people fighting for the good people so why not get a bunch of good people in the room together and be great right and that's it yeah I 100% agree I 100% agree um okay so uh we talked about Olivia working with Olivia yeah in this Perfect world, no, uh, you know, no obstructions. If you could work with one artist, 
on a song, who would it be? No Obstructions, John Lennon. John Lennon. Yeah. Okay. And Bob Marley, all okay. on one super song. Super song, that's it. I think, I'm, I, I think that reggae is one of those types of music that's universally liked. Yeah. I think you're going to yeah. be hard-pressed to find somebody who you, you play them Three Little Birds and they say, I don't like this. What kind of, right. what kind of right. you know, what kind of energy is that? Yeah. Like, you know, like, okay, maybe, but like, that's a little crazy. Like, yeah. even if you're not going to listen to it again, most people are going to be like, I like that. And it's, it's the magic in that kind of music, right? It just yes. feels yeah. so beautiful and that's so natural. I always try to bring a little bit into whatever I'm doing. If mm-hmm. it's like on Insane on the record or something like that, I bring a little bit of chugging in just because okay. it just feels so good. Um, but yeah, I love John Lennon. I love that, like, what, what him and Yoko did with with just bringing awareness and and with the Imagineer and things like that. I got a book about it for Christmas, and I've always been a big John fan, but I think it's fantastic. I love Ringo, though. He's, like, probably... Okay. Yeah, I took a class on the Beatles in college, and, and I came away from that thinking that Ringo was probably my fave. Really? Yeah, because okay, he, so he man, he seemed to be the uniter. He seemed to just be the dude that was always like, hey, man, let's all get back just, together yeah, and just yeah. make some tunes for the people, and I thought that was so cool. Ringo. Ringo yeah. That's the glue. Yeah, man. Ringo's the glue. Yeah. While he wasn't doing Shining Time Station or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no, he had some good songs, man. Well, yeah. Um, I was I was expecting like a Ben Gibbard or something like. Oh, that. I love so, Ben Gibbard. Alive, sure, yeah, but you put no limits on it. So right, like, no limits. I would true. love to work with Ben Gibbard. I would love to work with Chris Walla. I would love to work with um, Jack Johnson and go to Hawaii and jam with him for yeah, a while. I already got to work with Alex from All Time Low. He's one of my favorite sing- really songwriters cool. of all time, and I can't wait to do that again. Um, I want you know, there's always somebody that I want. Anybody who like I always say this, but anybody who wants to help people feel better has a collaborator yeah, in yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what I do it for. Okay. Okay, so that being said, before you run out of time, yeah. now that the album's out, mm-hmm. what is, what's the next goal for you? Uh, the next goal for me this year is I just want to wake up every single day and feel like genuinely happy and fulfilled because okay. to me, success is no longer monetary or anything else. It's just happiness. Okay. And so that's my goal personally for, for the rest of this year is just to work every day towards meditating and feeling centered and feeling peace of mind and then mm-hmm. building happiness from there. Um, and in a worldly way, I, I just want to help people feel better because like I said before if we feel together then we'll feel better so wherever I gotta go whoever I gotta hug whatever I gotta say to help people do that that's my goal puts, you know, um, feel it puts a little bit a lot of pressure on yourself or? a little bit of pressure but it's I've been given a gift right and I believe that this is my purpose is to is to travel and to to help people smile or to help people just feel a little bit more electricity in their day than they normally do because people are a lot more powerful than they give themselves credit for. Mm-hmm. And if we all just exert a little bit more of that positive energy outward, imagine what can happen. Right. So Absolutely. I totally yeah. agree. You've had a chance to already tour the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Already. What have Almost been... everywhere. Almost everywhere. A couple places okay. I'm still stoked for. Have you hit every continent yet? Or no, no, no. No, okay, I have never been to South America. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. I've never You'll been... love the vibes down in South America. Yeah, and I've never been to Australia. Okay. Also, um, very positive. People. I want to go there, yeah. yeah. Okay, so of the place you've toured Europe, you've toured here. What are some of your favorite cities, venues? Um, I love... Uh, First one I thought of was Hamburg, Germany. Okay. I love it there. They have great vintage shopping there. I'm a yes, big vintage yeah, head. Yeah. Um, that one's great. They have a lot of dead stock, like Adidas stuff and, and things yeah. like that. I love um, I love going to Nashville. Uh, I wrote a lot of the record there, and I think it's an awesome place yeah. just to create and be. Um, man, there's so many places, but really, at the end of the day, my cats live in L.A., so I love going home. Do you have, <laughs> like, a venue that you're like, that's my... 
<sighs> is it at home or, you know? You know what? It? Like the one that I've got my sights set on right now is the Greek theater in LA. The Greek theater. Yeah, yeah I want to cool. do that really bad. I want to do both Greeks. I want to do the Greek in Berkeley and the Greek yes, in LA. Yeah. But the Greek theater, when I meditate and I go in and I like visualize like what the next stage is and where I want to be and like looking, because I do this stage where I say like, all right, I've already got it. I already did it. So I visualize like walking off that stage and being like, wow, I just did that. Everything that I've been meditating towards. And then resetting my meditation point soon before that, once I know it's happening to whatever the next thing is, right. staples yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. But right now that's the one I visualize is just being on that stage and looking out. Cause I hike up there every day right. and I look down I on it, it when I hike. And so I want to be able to be like, that's where I hike every day. Yeah. People lose it. It'll be so cool. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, yeah. thank you again. For absolutely. Thank you, out. man. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. Thank, thank you, you for the much. educated right. questions. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Adamantium.